Good morning. If uh, we haven't met already, my name is Mike Foster. I'm one of the ministers here. And my microphone keeps jumping all over the place. We're going to fix this real quick. But if you're in the house with us, if you have a chance, if you, if you haven't had a chance yet, there is a plate in the back uh, for you to give your offerings. If you came today and uh, then can prepare to give, but want to give, you can do so. Uh, even if you're at home online with us, uh, you can do so at uh, our secure online portal, www.cchmd.com slash give. Uh, you don't have to put the www's there. The, the, you, you remember the days when like, you had to put the www's? And like, and like, now it's like one day the www's just went away. You know, they're there, and sometimes you can, you know, but, uh, but yeah, if you go to cchmd.com slash give, it'll get you there, and you can uh, set up a giving there as well. Also today, if uh, you want to follow along with our sermon notes, uh, you can do so on the Version Bible app. The Version Bible app. I about screwed that up. That was awesome. You, the Version Bible app. If you search events and you are, are, are here in the Hagerstown area, if not, you can search our church name and you'll go to an event. And today's title, today's sermon is Fit for Faith. Fit for Faith. And so uh, you, you can click on there and follow along at home. If you're new with us, uh, you can t- let us know who you are and where you're at. Uh, even if you're not new with us, you can let us know where you're uh, watching us from, joining us from today at cchmd.com slash connect. If you're new, you can text new to 240-347-0897. And uh, we will be sure to follow up with you. We're glad that you have joined us from wherever you're joining us from today. And so uh, we are, as Jeff said, we're continuing in this series uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. Today we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness. Faithfulness. And what Jeff may or may not have known is he, he read my text for me this morning. And so we'll get, we're going to get to go a little bit deeper than we typically might with a verse we'd use for communion. Uh, but uh, we're going to do that today. Uh, anyway, that's going to be fun. Uh, but today as we start, have you ever followed a recipe? Who here has followed a recipe before? Uh, my daughter would like for me to tell you a story about a time when I failed to follow a recipe uh, appropriately. And so it was, uh, it was Mother's Day. Uh, this last May, and uh, uh, we had a chicken in the smoker, and we had we were prepping some mac and cheese because uh, Mama was on a it was, you know, Mother's Day, so Mama gets what Mama wants, and she was on a hike with some friends, and so when she came home, she had a clean house, she had food ready to go, and so we were preparing that. So I had the uh, chicken thighs in the smoker; they were ready to go. They were they were they were doing awesome, and we were preparing the mac and cheese. And I had never made the, mac and, the smoked mac and cheese. Cause we're gonna, we make it up, and then we put it in the smoker, and it, and it just comes out all smoky and delicious. And, and I tasted of its smoky deliciousness, made it before. And so we were making it, and uh, you know, everything was, 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 was working out. You know, the house was clean. The, the chicken thighs were, were going. And, and, well, we're making the mac and cheese. And so the noodles were, were boiling. As the noodles were boiling, we were getting the, the roux together. And that, that, that helps bind everything all together. You, you, you're pretty impressed. I know what a roux is. I, I, I've made one in my life, and it was on this day. And so it was, the, the roux, very successful. And so we, we were making it all together, and, and, and I, we put it in, and we didn't realize my mistake until we sat down for dinner. So there we are. Mama comes home from her hike. She takes a shower. She's all cleaned up. We're eating dinner on the back patio. And... Uh, Something just doesn't look right with mac and cheese. It's not filling up the pan as much as it usually does. And Escaya looks and she goes, did, did, did you forget to put the extra cheese on top? And it was in that moment exactly that I realized I hadn't put in any cheese at all. <laughs> Oops. So we had mac and roux. It tasted all right, just something wasn't quite the same. And 
you know, it really helps to add the cheese if you want mac and, and cheese. And so I've been, I've been banned back to the boxed mac and cheese portion of the mac and cheese family. Um, but faithfulness, faithfulness is a lot like following a recipe. Faithfulness is a lot like following a recipe. Not that it's going to be cookie cutter for everybody, but yet there are certain aspects, there are certain things that are the same uh, for everyone as we pursue faithfulness with God. There are certain key elements that we all will participate in as we are growing in faithfulness. And so to grow in our faithfulness to God, uh, uh, it, 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 it won't necessarily all look the same for all of us. We have different personalities. We have different likes. We have different interests. We have different um, temptations and weaknesses in our life. And so some of those little uh, unique aspects will, will cause our courses to be slightly different. But along the way, we're going to have many of the same touchstones. And so the writer of Hebrews, he wrote, he wrote this. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if we don't have faithfulness to God, we can't please God. Because he says, anyone who comes to him must believe he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly accept, accept him or seek him. <clears throat> so as we are pursuing Jesus, are we, as we are pursuing a relationship with God, are we growing in faithfulness to him? Are we, are we pursuing him? Are we growing in those aspects of our life with him? So if we've placed our faith in God, his spirit is in us. And in faithfulness to him ought to be growing. Not just growing bit by bit, but present as, as if we are bearing fruit in our life. And so how do we cultivate this fruit of faithfulness? And to do that, we're going to look at these words that Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy. And so if you haven't already, you can turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 6 to 16. And <clears throat> Paul, wrote, Paul wrote many of the documents that have uh, made up our New Testament. And so many of them were, they, they tend to be letters to, to churches or, or friends who were pursuing Jesus, who he had uh, helped grow in the faith, who he'd helped introduce to Jesus. And so as he would travel on to other places, he would often write back to his friends and say, here are things that you ought to think about. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, here's some things you should think about and consider and ponder as you are growing in your faith. And of all those who he wrote to, the one he probably loved the most, the one he probably held most dear was Timothy. In one of his letters, he even calls Timothy his son. Because you're like a son to me. And so Paul gives Timothy guidance as he is leading the church in Ephesus. Paul <clears throat> has left him behind with the group of believers in the city of Ephesus. And here's, here's what you know, Timothy, as you are growing in your faith, growing in your leadership, here's how you can help others grow as well. And Paul writes these words. So if you point out these things to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus brought up in the truths of the faith, of the good teaching that you have followed, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this we labor and strive and that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. 
Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, <clears throat> in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which, is given, which was given you through a prophetic message when the, body of, when the body of elders laid their hands upon you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Per- persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul begins to give Timothy a bit of a recipe. A, a, a bit of a, 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 of a system, a bit of something to, to think about and to, to, to work himself through as he is growing in his faith in Jesus. And the first thing he says, he says, if you point out these things to the brothers, if you point out these things to the brothers, why is that, that, that phrase point out refers to teaching, refers to giving instruction. It says we need to make things known. Point them out along the way. Here are some things that you should be doing. And so there's a verbal component to our faith. Words ought to come out, and we'll get to more of that in a bit. But we need to, Paul says, hey, if you are going to be uh, helping others grow in their faithfulness, if you're going to be growing in your faithfulness, you need to, to, to put it into words, put it out there so that people can, can, can hold you to your words. If you never... Say what you believe. If you never put it out there, how will others know what you believe? And so what should Timothy point out? Should he point out recipes to smoke mac and cheese? Uh, landscaping tips, vehicle maintenance, uh, how to keep things uh, clean and sanitized around the house? No, he said, if, he goes, here are the, the things that he should be pointing out are the things that he's been nourished on, on the truths of the faith, of the good teaching that he has followed. What are these truths of the faith? What are these things that he's been nourished on? What is this good teaching? It's, it's scripture. It's scripture. As you are, as you are reaching out, as you're helping build faithfulness in these believers, you need to be pointing them back to scripture. We have no authority in our life to, to speak and to command and to, to, to lead and to teach if not found in scripture. And so if we're going to look to grow in faithfulness with God, it has to start with the right foundation, the truths found in Scripture. Because we can only pass on what we've made our own. We can only pass on what we've made our own. We cannot lead anyone anywhere that we ourselves have not been. So Paul says we need to build our life on Scripture. We need to build our life on the truths found in Scripture. See, if our, if our life is built on any other philosophy, any other course of teaching, Plus, it's like building our life on godless myths and old wives' tales. Godless myths and old wives' tales. These are like legends and, and stories that are, are based without fact. You know, back in, in, in these times, uh, women were less educated. They, they, they didn't often progress in school as, as, off, as, as far as, as, as the boys would. And, and so some of the things they may have taught or thought or believed or even spoke about may have not been based on fact. And many, there are also many godless legends that people would live their life by. And maybe we have some of those interesting ones ourselves that we, you know, those things that we think are found in Scripture, like cleanliness is next to godliness. We think, oh, that's in Scripture somewhere. Yeah, it's found in like First Hezekiah. 
look that up today. And, 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 and no, cleanliness is not next. That, that, the cleanliness next to God is, is not found in Scripture anywhere. But it's something that we've been taught, and it's felt. It feels like it belongs in Scripture, right? It, and there may be some truth to it, but but it's not a passage of Scripture. It's not found in there. And there's other things that we have we we we've been taught, and that that might be taught as Scripture, but it's it's not. And so oftentimes we are, we're, we're, we're led to believe that these godless myths and, and old wives tell us. We, we, we believe and we follow stories and legends that are without fact. And Paul says, of these. And if you read through 1 Timothy, uh, we only take you, you, know, you know, j- just a few minutes today to, to read through the six chapters. Several different times in this letter, Paul says, avoid these things. Avoid these things. Do not build your life on them. And while all truth is God's truth, not all things packaged as true are truth. All truth is God's truth, but not all things that are packaged as truth are true. And we see this as, 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 as different things maybe are, are shared through the media, different things are shared through, social, through, through the different social things where people have these thoughts, these beliefs, and they package them and they, they tell them as truth. But the level of truthiness may not be uh, 100%. And this goes back to the Garden of Eden. There was Adam and Eve there in the garden, and, and, and Satan comes to Eve and says, Hey, are you, 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 what, what did God say? God, God, God did not say that you would surely die. And, and, and so they have this conversation back and forth, and, and part of what Satan said was true. But he twisted it just a bit. He took just an edge off that truth, and, 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 by, and by changing that truth just a bit, he made it, he made it a lie. <clears throat> but it was enough truth that Eve bit, and so did Adam. And that's why Scripture says over and over, test and see, test and see, test and see. Why? Because it's easy to mix in just enough truth that it feels right, that it seems right. But as we've changed truth just a little bit, we allow the lie in. How can we tell the difference? So we have to nourish ourselves on the truths of faith, on the good teaching provided for us in Scripture. As we train ourselves to be godly, we need to make sure that we're nourished correctly. We need to go back to Scripture as our guide. Paul tell, when Paul says, train yourselves to be godly, what, he, what he's saying is, hey, this isn't going to be easy. This isn't going to be easy. So at high school, I would routinely get sick the first week in December. Like, like all four years, like the, the same week, I know there's at least a couple different times, it was like practically the, the, the exact same day. Why was that? Well, November was basketball tryouts. And so all the whole month of November, I would, I, I'd go hard and, and, you know, we'd be running to get in shape and, 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 and practicing and just, you know, wanted to make sure I made the team. And so I'd get myself all worked in and all fully going and, and then I would catch just a little cold. And one day I went to school and before first period even began, I was in the nurse's office getting ready to go home because... All of a sudden, I caught some. I had caught something, and it finally began to to work its way and home. See, yeah, in, in the last few years, I've 
I've ran two marathons. That's not something you just decide to get up one day and do. Oh, you know what? Today, I think I'm going to go run 26.2 miles. 26.2 miles. That's not something you just get up and decide to do one day. No, you have to work and you have to train your body <coughs> so that you're ready for that kind of feat. But a marathon, a marathon is nothing compared to the race of godliness. See, at the end of a marathon, at the end of 26.2 miles, there is a finish line that says, you have finished, you don't have to run anymore today, right? You, 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 you are now given the free pass to walk wherever you want to go. But there is no apparent finish line in godliness. To achieve full godliness, is like, all of a sudden we go, I've arrived. Like, there's no tape that you cross at the end and go, I've arrived at godliness, right? Because there's some days we feel like we're getting ahead. And then there's some days we're like, I'm falling behind. And it's, you know, it's almost like looking at the stock market report. You know, it goes up. If you look at it, you know, that's what you do all day long. I don't know how you have good blood pressure because, I mean, it's just going all over the place, like all day long. You know, and at any moment it could be going up, but then all of a sudden just immediately drop off a cliff. How do you do that? I don't know. There are seasons where we have gain. There are seasons where we lose ground. And the same is true in our physical lives, right? There are seasons where, man, I was in the best shape of my life there. And then you're like, oh, I'm not quite as in shape as I once was or I want to be. And, 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 and then the other it's like, man, well, I'm in better shape than I was last year. And so we have this in our physical life, in our financial life, in our emotional life. We, we, can, we, we have these seasons of progress. We have these seasons where maybe we fall back. And I think, it's, you know, Paul goes, see, physical training, physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life come. It, it teaches us to overcome adversity, right? It, it, our physical life often, <clears throat> often gives us a glance, a look into the future. This is how, if this is how things are with our physical life, it might be true in, in, in maybe our educational life, in our, in our professional life in our financial life, that there's going to be seasons, there's going to be difficulties. So we, do we have the tenacity to work through those seasons of adversity to get to the other side, to reap the reward, to reap the benefit, that, that maybe there's going to be another season where there's going to be a downturn or a difficulty <clears throat> that we're going to have to work through again to get back up on the other side. And so whether it's physical training or diet or education, has value in this life to make our life here, better and more useful. <clears throat> but training in godliness, training in godliness doesn't just benefit us with a moral compass for today. It doesn't just benefit us with a knowledge of our creator <clears throat> or help us in our relationships, but it helps us prepare for the life to come. Paul says, see, there's this trustworthy saying that we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God. We labor and strive. There is work to do this. It, it's, not like we can't, it's not like one day we <clears throat> choose to follow Jesus, and then the next day, everything's just perfect in our life. All those little things in our life, that, all those little things that drive our spouse, drive our family, drive our friends crazy, all, the, all those sins in our life, they're just they're erased. They're just gone. No, it'd be so much easier if it was, right? It'd be so much easier if, if those things in our life just went away. We labor and we have to strive. 
It's like weeding a garden. We have to get down and remove the weeds. We have to we have to get down. We have to dig deep to remove the weeds. If not, they just keep coming back. If we just pluck the top. And with this in mind, Paul tells Timothy to set an example for the believers. Set an example in speech and life and love and faith and purity. Why? Because leaders go first. Leaders go first. And he says, Timothy, you are the spiritual leader. You might be young, but you are setting the pace. You are setting the direction. You go first. So in the life of someone around you, you are the spiritual leader. You might, you might be like, Mike, I don't know anything. I know so little about God. I know so little about Jesus. But someone in your life probably knows less. And so for someone in your life, you are the spiritual leader. You have to go first. You have to set the example. You have to, he says, to do this, you need to devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. And where have we heard this before? Even just today. Timothy, you need to point these things out. It's repeated. It's important. It's repeated. It's important. And Paul comes back to the, we need to devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. We need to devote ourselves to those things that are the nourishing truth, the good teaching that we've held on to. If we want to live a godly life, we want to have faithfulness grow in our life, we must walk closely with God and teach others to do the same. Let's walk closely with God and teach others to do the same. There's a verbal component to our faith. But Paul tells Timothy, don't neglect the, tr- the, 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 the gift that's been given you. In fact, give yourself wholly to it so that others may see your progress. Be diligent. Be diligent in these things. Timothy, Timothy, you can't back out. You can't go soft. You can't choose to opt out. You can't neglect the use of your gift. It is too important to fill a mission, to fulfill the mission God has for you. God's mission is so important. You must be diligent to do these things. And if Paul was writing a letter to us, what would he say? Probably something very similar. To fulfill the mission of God in this place at this time, you must be diligent to persevere in these things. We can't opt out. We can't go soft. We can't back down. We must persevere. We must push on. We must continue. To give ourselves wholly to them so that others may see your progress. Interesting thing about the word progress we tend to think that progress always means progress to what's better, right? Hey, we've made, we've made progress on this. Did you know though, that you can make progress towards evil? Progress can go either way. We can make, we, we, we can make progress towards finding a, a cure for uh, any number of disease. That's positive progress. But you know, there's also been some countries that have made progress in genocide. That's not good progress. Progress is going forward, but going forward in what direction? So Timothy, we need to 
Paul would tell us, we, we need to be diligent to nourish ourselves with the good teaching from Scripture so that our progress is in a positive direction. That our progress is always going forward towards what is good, towards what is better, instead of towards what is wrong or evil. Our, our culture tends to think that all progress is positive progress. Paul comes back in again, reminding Timothy of the importance of Scripture in Timothy's life and in ours. Because without Scripture as our guide, we might mistake any progress as a direction towards positive even if it's the exact opposite direction of godliness. Paul says, hey, watch, watch your life. Watch your doctrine closely. Why? In the end, by doing so, you may save yourself and your hearers. Just a, a casual reading of this might lead you to think that, that we are somehow saved by our works, by our perseverance, by our doing things. That just someone just following the rules and doing enough good things will, will let God will let us into heaven. But the truth is, one sin disqualifies us from heaven. Scripture says that we've all fallen short and all fall uh, all fall short of the glory of God because we've all sinned. So Paul says, "Watch your life, watch your doctrine." But how, how can watching our life in doctrine, how can watch, watching these things save us? First of all, it leads us to Jesus for salvation. If we watch our life in doctrine, if we follow the recipe, if we follow the roadmap of Scripture, it will lead us to Jesus for salvation. That we can't save ourselves, that our good works alone will not get us into heaven, that we need a Savior, that our Savior came and died on a cross for our sins, and that we must uh, believe in Him, that we must confess our sins, that we must be baptized into Him to receive forgiveness and the promise of heaven, that we must continue to walk in these things and persevere in them to the end. We Watch scripture will teach us that there's no other way to God except through Jesus. There's no other way to salvation except through Jesus and the cross. And no matter how hard we try on our own, no matter how much we want to be faithful, we will fail. We will fall. The truths of scripture show us the only way to God. And we may not always like it. Kind of like an exercise regimen. When you first start, it's hard. And sometimes you get to certain points where you kind of hit this plateau and you have to increase the intensity and it's hard and it's difficult and you have muscles that get sore that you didn't realize you ever had. Then the end of physical exercise regimen gives you a, a certain amount of health that you want and you are pursuing. It gives you the desired results. And the same is true as we pursue godliness. That will give us the desired results, a closer, deeper relationship with God. If we compare ourselves to culture and to those around us, some people say, well, I'm doing better than them. But to do so, we are comparing ourselves to a faulty standard. We're comparing ourselves to, 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 to those who, who do not hold to the same beliefs. The only standard worth, worthy is Jesus. So when we watch our life and doctrine closely, we ensure our salvation because it draws us closer to Jesus. And if we then share that with others through preaching and through teaching, you might, well, Mike, you're the preacher guy. That word preaching there really is the word encourage. 
encourage. Anyone here know how to encourage? Anyone at home know how to encourage someone around them? Much of preaching is just encouraging others to follow Scripture, to look at Scripture, to, to follow Jesus. And so you too can, can encourage those around you. Tell them of your faith. Tell them the things that you have gone through and worked through. You get to where you're at. We encourage one another in the faith. We point these things out. We devote ourselves to them. We do not neglect them. And by so doing, we save ourselves and, and our hearers. And our hearers. The faithfulness, faithfulness is not worn like a badge of honor. It's not like it's something that's of our doing. See, it's the work of God, the work of the Spirit of God in our life, mixed with our perseverance. It doesn't happen without our effort, but it doesn't happen by our effort alone. And so when these two things work together, our faithfulness grows. That's why we, we picked some of the songs we did today. One day all of creation will gather together. And we'll, we'll praise the one. We, 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 we find joy in our relationship with Jesus because he's been faithful to us. He, we are his sons and daughters because he's been faithful to us. Through the cross, he has he is, he is made a way for us to come back. And, and he calls us to be faithful, to give our life to him. He says he's been faithful to us he requires, he asks for our faithfulness in return. Without Jesus' death and resurrection, without his work on the cross, we have nothing to build our faithfulness on. We're without hope. Without Jesus, we become faithful to the wrong things. Without Jesus, we chase ungodly myths and old wives' tales. We pursue untruths that are based on things that are false. But Jesus told his disciples before he was crucified, he says, I am the way, the Truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the last several weeks, we've been talking about how we ought to bear fruit. What are the, what's the fruit we ought to bear with our life? And we can only bear this fruit if Jesus is part of our life. We can't truly know of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or as we're going to talk about next week, self-control without Jesus. So the truth we talk about, the good teaching that is provided in Scripture, says without it, without, without, we, we can't accept Jesus as our Savior. Without that truth, without that knowledge, we can never know of Jesus as Savior. And so we're lost without hope. We're destined for an eternity in hell without that fact without that truth. So the same good teaching in Scripture that shows us that there's hope with Jesus. There's hope for this life and the next. The walk is hard. It's training in godliness. It's difficult. It does not come easy. There's, there's hard work in the walk ahead. But the work ahead is worth it for the reward that will be gained in the end. And so maybe today you want to begin to train in godliness. Maybe today you need to take your first step to make Jesus 
your Savior. We want to help you do that. To help you do that, we need you to, to let us know that that's, that is your desire. You can let us know by going to cchmd.com connect and fill out the connection card. And there, the one of the check boxes is become a Christian. And you can check that box. It'll get to us and we can follow up with you. Also, you can text LIFE. Text LIFE to 240-347-0897. We'd love to follow up with you and help you walk through uh, this, uh, this path to help you know what new life is with Jesus. We want to help you know of salvation that is available through him. You may grow to be more like him, but his, your faithfulness to him continue to grow. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you have, have given us this day to gather as a body, both in person and online. Father, I pray that these, the songs we've sung today have encouraged us to live more faithfully to you. That, Father, the scripture we've looked at today, that you will teach us to, to persevere and to be diligent to these things, that we would press into them, that we would pursue you more fully and more faithfully. Father, we thank you for the truths that are found there. We thank you for the hope that is given us in Jesus. And we pray as we bear fruit for you, we might lead others to know you as well. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said earlier today, if you would like to participate in the offering, you can do so online at cchmd.com slash give. Uh, next, week, uh, uh, next week happens to be the kickoff week of the NFL season. Also, next week, as we're talking about self-control, uh, there's going to be kind of a certain theme in the sermon. So next week, if you want to wear your favorite team gear. Um, wear your favorite team gear. I will not be wearing a shirt with a collar on it. And so, um, uh, so, so, so if you're like, well, that's, that's disappointing. Uh, wear your favorite team gear. We will even allow Yankees fans to wear their gear if they want. And so, uh, but, but uh, we, we, as we uh, pursue Jesus together, we do so as a team going forward. So I hope you have a great week and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday.